Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Don't call it a comeback. We'll actually do because we are back with part two on the weird, weird, weird history of shipping things in the U.S. If you have not listened to part one uh, for, for you know, for your sake, we're just looking out for you, go ahead and pause this. And go play part one. It's worth it. We'll wait. I'm Noel, by the way. Oh, that's right. And I am Ben Bolin. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Casey Pegram. And we are officially halfway through the very strange story of how things get from point A to point B and all the weird stops they make along the way. So how about we join that already in progress? The way that Atlas Obscura phrases it is pretty funny. Uh, the author says the owners of the Central Pacific Railroad created a company solely for the purpose of screwing with Wells Fargo. Yeah. Which uh, which I, I always love it when people interject a little bit of petty humanity into these stories. Oh, this story is full of petty humanity for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've all been to the – we've all had to ship something somewhere. So you're right. They do they do decide to purchase this company and they continue uh, being this huge force in the package industry until World War One, because during World War One. The U.S. government forces all of these postage services, all the express industry companies to combine into a single monolithic thing, and they nationalize it, and they call this the Railway Express Agency. Yeah, and this is specifically so the government can have an easier time of shipping wartime necessities, um, such as rations, human beings, and all of the other uh, trappings and accoutrement of of war. And as we know in history, you know, uh, all good things uh, must come to an end, um, and disruptive technology is just the order of the day. And in 1975, 
five, this monolith um, collapsed as well. And it's because of uh, motor vehicles. They they just became much more efficient for shipping things because you weren't bound to literal routes laid out on tracks. And you could just be a lot more nimble in shipping stuff. And that's when we start to see Wells Fargo completely abandoning uh, shipping and receiving uh, in favor of exclusively their banking operations, which again, they were happening in tandem. The banks were kind of part and parcel, if you'll excuse the pun, you don't have to, um, to the shipping business because of the fact they were already handling these assets. It made sense for them to be able to just invest them and hold them for people in all of these various Wells Fargo locations. So they give that up. And this is when we start to see um, a lot more individual companies pop up, uh, startup companies at the time, for lack of a better term, like UPS and FedEx. Yeah, we have to remember that while all these swells and shipping tycoons were putting their stamp on history, eh, uh, we have to remember that the federal post office at this time was a lot more like a regulatory agency than something that actually shipped packages and letters. So while all this is happening, and let's let's jump back in time here, in, in the early days of the federal post office, it wasn't a shipping company. It was more of a regulatory agency. They made rules about how packages and letters should be sent. Until, that is, several big changes occur, which lead us to the current day. The first was the Rural Free Delivery Act, or the establishment of rural free delivery in 1896. This was huge for more than half of the country because half of the country lived in rural areas, and now they could get mail directly sent to them instead of having to go to, you know, the county seat to find the post office. And in 1913, there was another big change. It was something called parcel post. Yeah, parcel post just to send I mean it, it, it's it's as simple as it became much more cost effective to ship things uh, maxing out at 50 pounds at the time. In fact, it was so efficient that, um, as is referenced in this Atlas Obscura article, uh, college students would ship their dirty laundry home in these specially uh, made metal boxes so their parents could do their laundry for them and then ship it back. And it was more cost effective to do that than to go to a laundromat or hire somebody to, to wash their clothes for them. Which is crazy, right? You, you, you have to wonder, uh, was the mail just that cheap or were laundromats themselves incredibly expensive? There's so much weird stuff that's been mailed over over the years. We can, we can laundry list a few toward the end, but we should mention, just an honorable mention, of course, to Charlotte May Pierstorff, who was literally mailed from Grangeville to Lewiston, Idaho for about 53 cents. Her trip only took a few hours. This was legal at the time because she was under the weight limit. I hope they poked some holes in the box for her. She did make it. She did survive. Yeah, so maybe she was practicing some sort of uh, deep meditation to restrict her breathing. I don't know. You ever seen that Malcolm in the Middle episode where uh, the older brother, whose name I'm forgetting, what's his name? It doesn't matter. He wants to ship himself to China because he wants to beat up his pen pal for some reason. And Dewey, the very smart younger brother, um, decides to help him and also screw with him by packing him up into a giant wooden crate and then simulating what it would feel like to make that journey by like, you know, rocking it back and forth and having sound effects. And Mm. he even had like a fish out so it smelled like the sea and all this stuff. 
stuff. And um, he's got like, you know, boxes of cereal and like milk and stuff inside the the crate. Um, I just love the idea of, of anyone shipping themselves somewhere as a, a substitute to other more traditional forms of travel. And shout out, of course, to Henry Box Brown. I know a lot of our fellow listeners are waiting to at least have a mention of this brilliant man who escaped slavery when he was 33 by having himself mailed in 1849 to Philadelphia, which is talk about out-of-the-box thinking. Well, the out-of-the-box thinking led him into a box, and then he got out of the box. He eventually did get out of the box. That's true. Um, Yeah, that's a really cool story. And there's an episode of Stuff You Missed in History class on that very subject. Mm Mm-hmm. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So let's, let's bring ourselves forward to the future. You mentioned UPS earlier. They started out in Seattle in 1907 as the American Messenger Company, or AMC, with no affiliation to the, to, to the theater company now. This was kind of like a gig economy. There were a bunch of kids who weren't full-time employees. They were just doing odd jobs for not a ton of money. Remember the episode we did about the the Firefly Catchers, mm-hmm. you know, where it was that company that – what was the company? It was like a chemical company that like literally crowdsourced little kids to go around catching fireflies. Um, this was like that on a smaller scale initially, which is crazy considering, you know, the – corporate megalith this eventually became. But yeah, they, they describe it here as, as almost like a lemonade stand mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, it ballooned when this young man at the age 
of 19, James Casey um, expanded and he started kind of combining the efforts of all of these little disparate um, gig kind of courier services and uh, moved outside of Seattle and then changed the company to United Parcel Service in 1919. And their big thing was using cars. Like we said, it was much more nimble. Um, They were very good at planning these routes and making things as efficient as possible. Yeah, and at this time, UPS experiences tremendous growth uh, thanks, of course, to the boom of the automobile industry. It also naturally becomes a direct competitor to this parcel post system because UPS gets something called common carrier rights. Common carrier rights mean that shipping companies like UPS have some of the rights and responsibilities of a public company or state service, even though it's a private entity. Because it's explicitly working for the general public good, it is subject to regulation by the government. This sounds like a bunch of red tape, but ultimately what it allows UPS to do is to become, at the time, the biggest package shipper in the world. And uh, they are, of course, still overland shipping. There's no airmail yet, although some some folks tried, right? I think the U.S. government actually tried airmail a couple of times. The POD, the Post Office Department, started delivering mail by aircraft in 1918, but they couldn't, you know, they couldn't deliver packages, just letters, just very fancy letters. And that list included, we had the newly established United States Postal Service, which as we mentioned at the top of the show, went from being a more of a department to an actual agency. They have the letter delivery situation on lock. No one else really needs to mess with that. It's not really an area of concern for any of these other companies. We have UPS, and then in 1971, we have Federal Express, which which, uh, the seed of that idea began in a Yale dorm room in 1965. Uh, It was a dream, and the subject of a term paper by undergraduate Frederick W. Smith, who essentially invented the idea of airmail in this paper that didn't even get a particularly good grade. Uh, He, his professor, did not see the value in this um, revolutionary idea, and he he didn't flunk it, but it sounded like he gave it more of a C. So then in 71, after a little bit of time spent in the military, Smith got out a of his service, and he bought um, a a very large share, a controlling share, in an Arkansas company called Arkansas Aviation Sales, which was in Little Rock. Um, And he began to see how tough the logistical side of using airplanes to deliver freight in a timely manner. So he decided that he was going to find a better way to do that using kind of the lessons he learned from that term paper. Right. So... Fred Smith is is pretty candid with himself and the employees of Arkansas Aviation Sales about the difficulties facing their company. And I got to say, I appreciate that FedEx's official website is also very honest about the bumps and obstacles in the way. That's where we're getting a lot of this history here. Uh, he is behaving exactly like all those people you see at the beginning of made-for-TV infomercials where something happens, they kind of bumble something, and they go, there's got to be a better way. And that is where he gets the idea for Federal Express because going back to the paper, which was still very prescient, he thinks there are two big challenges, logistics 
and then infrastructure, right, which are inextricably intertwined. So he also he chooses the name Federal Express for some pretty clever reasons. Said federal makes it sound, you know, more like a, a, a government entity. And like, and like patriotic, too. You wanted to appeal mm-hmm. to people's patriotism and the idea that I think the Federalist Papers was a big part of the foundation of our country and there would be positive associations with that. Yeah, he thinks it'll help attract public attention. It also helps him with one of his first potential clients, the Federal Reserve Bank. He thought they're going to love this. They turned it down. But obviously, FedEx soldiered on. They moved to Memphis, Tennessee, because it was kind of central in the U.S., and the airport was in a great location, was rarely closed due to bad weather. They were also able, they said, look, hey, guys, if you want to move FedEx here, we will work with you. Yeah, and again, that goes into his uh, forward thinking as far as, like, streamlining the process and the logistics. So um, they began operations on April 17th in 1973, and according to their official website, they had 389 uh, employees um, and 14 planes that uh, were housed in hangars there uh, at the Memphis airport. And on their first outing, they delivered 100. 86 packages to 25 states, um, Rochester, New York, to Miami, Florida, and all points in between. And much like the Pony Express, they were not profitable um, at first, but unlike the Pony Express, they did figure out how to soldier through. And from 1973 to 1975, no profits. But then in July of 1975, it started becoming a very um, prominent carrier of luxury goods in the marketplace, um, and it started to become this kind of bellwether of how to do business shipping things in this kind of new era of on-demand door-to-door shipment. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. 
This path ultimately leads FedEx to become the world's largest all-cargo air fleet. They have tons of planes thanks to deregulation. And in 1983, they were the first American company to get $1 billion worth of revenue uh, within 10 years of a startup without being bought by anybody and without merging. So they got there on their own in, in that business sense. And this still, despite the company's size, is just a small piece of the weird, weird, gigantic thing we call the shipping industry. We didn't even get into cargo ships. I want everybody listening to know, if you want a weird vacation, you can actually book a ride on a cargo ship. You just no way, have, what? Yeah, you just have to be very flexible with uh, your times. Is it, like, cost-effective? I mean, or is yeah. it just more like a weird vacation? It's like, uh, it's a weird vacation. It's a, it's a slow boat across the ocean. So I wouldn't, like, book myself passage on a cargo ship to save money. Uh, maybe. You could, uh, depending. You know, it's it's just, it's so different because it's going to take such a long time. You might have to, you can say, okay, I want to arrive, you know, X amount of months or days later in East Asia. Uh, but they'll say, okay, well, give it a margin of error of a month or two. Oh, yeah, that makes that makes a lot more sense. Um, and we mentioned this briefly at the top of the show, but, like, where things are now, it's interesting how it's come full circle. Now, uh, shipping and receiving is becoming much more back to those old days of just kind of getting a courier, like with, like, a task rabbit person or using Uber. Uh, in some places, like in New York, Uber drivers will pick up and bring you stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like if they're not supposed to, but they will. Uh, and then you have other delivery, you know, on-demand services like Zifty, uh, and, and what have you. And I feel like we've kind of come back full circle. Um, not to mention uh, the elephant in the room, the giant, uh, giant elephant in the room, which is Amazon, in terms of how uh, potentially they stand to dominate uh, shipping and receiving through their Amazon Prime memberships, et cetera. You know, like, I mean, they have all these fulfillment centers that are nearby. So when you order goods, you're not having to have it shipped from across the country. You literally have a duplicate facility that's much more close to you that you could get your whatever it is, your, you know, Pikachu keychain, you know, in the same day because it's literally just a local delivery person bringing it from that fulfillment center that might only be an hour or even less uh, away from you if you live in a bigger city like New York. So it's interesting to see how that's going to develop as they start, you know, experimenting with terrifying things like using drones to deliver birthday cakes and and what what, what not. And now we've we've caught up to the current situation. We also want to give an honorable mention to several strange things that have been shipped in the past. Of course, diseases have been shipped. Accidentally, there. I would assume. Mm. Mm. Well, it, there's a lady named Miss Daisy James uh, in a August 7th, 1895 issue of the New York Times who said that dead birds and small animals are sent to taxidermists throughout the country. She also handled different strains of smallpox, diphtheria, and scarlet fever that were shipped by doctors to the health board. Remember when people were sending anthrax in the mail a lot? That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Or fake anthrax as well. Right. Uh, there have also been entire buildings shipped, sometimes brick by brick. Uh, pets, of course. Loose diamonds, which are, you know, the millionaire's go-to <laughs> escape plan. Uh, and many, many other strange things. One One thing that might be of interest to some of us is that you can ship things anonymously through the mail. Uh, these are these can range from 
practical jokes to uh, to just very weird stuff. Or contraband, perhaps. Or contraband, perhaps, which we are not uh, – we're not condoning, right, on a, a family show. But what happens to the recipient? I mean, sure, you can send something um, anonymously, but the person that receives it could then be on the hook for whatever you sent. Is How does that work? Well, there's a neat article on CheatSheet.com. Uh, where it says it lists some different entities that will help you send weird stuff. You can send somebody a potato in the mail. You can send them a glitter bomb, which is crazy. Really, really horrible. Yeah, I would not do that to someone. And please don't do that to me. It just gets in every orifice. Uh, It's been described as, of course, the herpes of the craft world. It's That's very true. Uh, You can ship a brick. You can send people fake money. You can send them a gigantic teddy bear, a Venus flytrap. Just some sand. Uh, one of the weirdest things. A lot of these are uh, jokes and, and strange pranks. You can send prank candles that smell good when they burn for the first few minutes, and then they they go from like vanilla to you know sulfur or uh, 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 fecal smell. Farts. Yeah. And then you can send the worst cup of coffee. You can send an eggplant. Uh, some things like that. Like I, I think potatoes and coconuts. You don't even have to wrap. You can just put a stamp on them. I do love a good mail order coconut. <laughs> that's that's the way I uh, that's the way I often prefer them. Uh, and this this brings us to you, dear listeners. What are some of the weirdest things that you have ever encountered uh, via parcel or post? What's the weirdest thing you've ever delivered or had delivered to you? We want to know. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Not just as ridiculous history, but as individuals as well. You can find me exclusively on Instagram, where I go by the handle at HowNowNoelBrown. You can find me on Twitter at BenBolinHSW for the old school How Stuff Works fans out there. You can also find me on Instagram in uh, various adventures, where I am at BenBolin. Thanks, as always, to super producer Casey Pegram. Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Research associate Gabe Luzier. Um, Christopher Hasiotis, here in spirit. Eve's Jeff Coat, of course, uh, the Quister, a.k.a. Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. Young Quizzles, a.k.a. ASAP Quizzy, a.k.a. The Worst. Oh, and hey, um, do us a solid, and why don't you go over to iTunes or your podcast platform of choice and leave us a nice review or a really hilarious bad review. We might read it on the show one day. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff, you can send us an email where we are ridiculous at iHeartRadio.com. The check's in the mail, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 